There we go. Hoop call, episode 18. We've missed you guys. We really have. We're ready to go. But let it drop, please. Yes, there we are. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Hoop Call, the UK voice on all things NBA. We have the Fab Four with us. Yes. Let me just remind you guys at the Hoop Call on socials, podcast at thehoopcall.com for emails. And you know the number. Gentlemen, are you in the building? Who am I going to call upon first? Tobes, say what up. Howdy, all my gentlemen. Howdy, all my people. Back for a big one. We'll be back with a double the classic, I'd say. Double, double the classic. classic. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of those outcast albums, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. They cover that two disc special. Ollie, say what well, Yeah, thanks for having us back. Felt weird missing out last week, but yeah, it's going to be a, an El Classico. Yes, we got heat today. We got heat today. K dot Chris and Hoop Nation called him Hoop Hoop Nation reunited <laughs> and it feels so good. He loves a sing song. He he genuinely loves a sing song. Um, and we love him. We truly love him. So there we go, gentlemen. My goodness, a lot has happened in the NBA. Is you know what? It's one of those weird things, right? On the face of it, you think, oh, God, there's just so many games. There's too many games, rah, 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 whatever nonsense. But it's all compounds. It all adds up, doesn't it? Every game does really matter. Like You, you, you look at the standings and you think, what the hell? How, how in the blue hell did that happen? With that being said, let's get to it. Where am I going first? I want to go exactly. I know exactly where I'm starting today because it's one of my favourite topics. Yes, we're going to the Eastern Conference. Firstly, let's give you a rundown of currently who are in the top eight positions. We have the Brooklyn Nets in the number one seed. We've got the Philadelphia 76ers in the number two seed. We've got the Milwaukee Bucks in number three. We've got the New York Knicks in four. The Atlanta Hawks in five. Boston Celtics in six. Miami Heat in seven. And the Charlotte Hornets just holding on. In the eighth seed, I'm going to give them a round of applause because I've actually been entertained by Eastern Conference over the last few weeks. So well done to the top eight. Gentlemen, I want to get straight to it. Right. So just before our last pod, I believe we, you know, in fact, in our last pod, we were talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, weren't we? And we were talking about the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets had just fielded an understrength side against the Philadelphia 76ers. They'd proceeded to lose the tiebreaker game. And I was absolutely fuming because I was like, oh, you know, they don't care, this, that and the other. Fast forward, Philly have lost, I think, four out of their last five. They've dropped to second in the in the conference. And Brooklyn, still not full strength, are now top. Can someone tell me, what the hell does this mean? What the, what the hell does this mean? I, I think that, I think Philly have wet the bed personally, but I think on top of that, I think it's almost unforgivable that the Eastern Conference juggernauts have allowed Brooklyn Nets to be the number one seed despite not even being close to full strength. I don't know how much of it is credit to Brooklyn. I don't know how much of it is just pathetic by the other two, but 
I'm calling out the Philadelphia 76ers. You wet the bed. You've been pathetic the last couple of weeks. Get it together. Tell me, does this mean... Tell me, what does this mean? Psychologically, do you think they've just got a hold on the on the East? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think so. I thought so. Like, uh, the, both the Bucks and the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they, they fall flat on their faces. Both the Bucks and the Sixers had the opportunity to really surge ahead, like you were saying. Um, and you think these guys are more regular season beasts, so you would have thought they would have seized exactly. it on it. Exactly. Um, it's it, it. I think it is a bit of a blow uh, losing out on that home court advantage in, in that aspect, wrapping up number seed. I mean, technically, it's not dumb. So yeah, it's but... not like the it's not like the Nets have actually been invincible. They've gone like six and four in the last ten, so they can be a bit sloppy here and there. But the biggest thing is just the potency and how scary they are when they do come. And if we even bring it back to a few pods ago when we were saying like who's the most important, impactful player for the Nets, it is yeah. KD. Uh, I still that he accentuated that if anything more. They are scary, scary when he is healthy. If it's if if it's yeah, just Harden okay. and just Curry, I think people can talk yourself into. It. The man came back, opted to start from the bench against the Phoenix Suns, who have been killing it because he thought it would be challenging for him. But he still said it's like a practice run. Wow! Drop thirty three in twenty eight minutes, smooth as you like. That's the thing. It's scarily it's scarily easy for him. Like the shots that he can get in that team. Uh, it's 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 ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. Um, I agree with everything you said. I'm really surprised that Philly and Milwaukee haven't had their regular season surges. K. Dot, how the hell could Doc Rivers let this happen? Some of his ex- someone of his experience. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit surprised actually that they didn't seize this opportunity. Um, I would. Do, would you say that? home court advantage in this sort of truncated season do you think it's as important as it was as years gone past well I think you need you think- I think you need any advantage over Brooklyn anything any little one percent anything that can get you an extra two or three points you need that advantage yeah no I, I do I, I see I see your point I, I just thought that I, I'm probably looking at it from the, from the perspective that I'm not sure whether it would have really mattered if maybe psychologically maybe if uh, Philadelphia had won the won the East, and you know Brooklyn would have come second. Um, I think people would have said, "Well, Brooklyn weren't, you know, won, they didn't have their big three on the court that much." So I'm not sure how much weight um, Milwaukee being first or Philadelphia being first in the East would have would have, would have had. Because because again, yeah, 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 uh, I get you. But the, yeah. because I think people would have made excuses for that particular um, situation, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think I, I think that I, I'm not sure whether we we you know uh, in the preseason that we had Philadelphia soaring this high anyway. I think that we I think that we thought they were going to be there or thereabouts, but I'm not sure they were going to be this good. Like one game behind Brooklyn, um, you know, people forget that they've won 66 percent of their games this season, and they've had they've had Joel Embiid out, who is you know, an MVP candidate for long stretches. I think they've done really, really well this year, especially the fact that they've, you know, they've, they're only one game behind, really. So it's not over, as you, as, uh, as Toby mentioned. K-Dot, to, to steal a phrase from Ollie, that sounds like loser talk to me. 
I'm sorry, you were top. You were top. Okay, I know, you know, they've done very well. You know, all that's wonderful, yeah? To steal a phrase from you. But ultimately, they were top. They've been top pretty much the whole season. Then they beat Brooklyn in the tiebreaker, yeah? And then they then they go on to wet the bed, essentially. They might, you know, they may very well just sneak the conference. But that's going to be difficult now if you look at the running. And Oli... I get what K-Dot's saying that, you know, it wouldn't have made much difference anyway because Brooklyn were injured. But equally, doesn't that make it even bigger, the fact that even with one star, maximum two stars at a time, Brooklyn has just smoked this league? It just, like, does that not emphasise how little hope there is in the East? Or am I, or am I, am I just being dramatic? Well, I think even with um, well, when when all the trades were made, when they, you know when they acquired Harden, it was always the Nets were you know skyrocketed to the to the top of the table with you know the probability of them actually going to be winning winning the title in the end. So how close? It, and, and you know, don't get me wrong. I know every every all teams have had their injuries, some more than others, um, especially with the Nets with not being able to play all three you know, with each other for as, uh, for as long as possible. But we all kind of expected w- what the top three was going to be. Maybe not in, you know, necessarily the Nets and then who's going to finish behind either the Bucks or the 76ers. So, um, you know, the league has gotten a lot stronger this this year um, in the West and in the East, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I think that there's not... But how many more teams do you think... Well, you've got the Nets, you've got the 76ers, who are actual sort of true con- true contenders... Um, I, you know, I'll probably have the Nets as the, the at the at the very top. Then you have got the two teams in LA, um, and then who would you have behind them? I, me personally, I probably have I probably the 76ers just behind them. So the the top the top has gotten a lot more competitive in in the East. But yeah, the 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 rest probably below you know from the fourth seed below is 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 a lot weak is is very weak and if they were to play a series against the the west you know how how many you know how many games or how many teams would would effectively go through sort of thing mate um i gotta say i think you guys have all been quite soft on philly i'm 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 shocked i'm shocked but fair enough we're all entitled to our opinion i've i've i'm really disappointed because i think psychologically if they finish second seed after all this you know, oh, they've been doing great. They've got an MVP caliber guy leading, rah, rah, rah. You know, James Harden been out, KD been out. KD, Kyrie, Harden not even played. And they still couldn't knock off the Nets. And psychologically going into the playoffs, that's over. But we have been wrong about so much this year. So long may it continue. <laughs> Speaking of being wrong about things, yeah, just briefly. Firstly, I want to do this. Put some respect on my name. You understand me? Yep. When y'all saying my name, put some respect on That goes out to Russell Westbrook. Now, um, maybe about four or five pods ago, we were basically saying, you know, he's a stat stuffer. You know, the usual, the usual stuff when he's not winning. He's, you know, do triple doubles matter? Kirim hit him with a wonderful... Tobes, you know Tobes can't make his mind up about his feelings on Russell Westbrook. He's like, it's like an ex-girlfriend. Oh, but she's quite good looking, but oh, the personality never matched. But, the, you know, the, he can't make up his mind about it. Washington Wizards, I think they're 9-1 and one in their last 10, which is unbelievable, which brings them to a whopping 28-34 and 34 record, a whoop-de-doo. But due to this playing situation, they are in contention. Somebody tell me, 
No, you know what, Tobes, I'm going to stick it on you, mate. Tell me, what's going on with these, these Washington Wizards? Can they sustain this? Can they still be what we initially thought they would be? Which would be a tough first round out. Do you think that's going to happen? I want, I want, it, I want, I want us to stick to some feelings about this Washington Wizards because we've been up and down with them all year. I mean, I, I, I'd like to say I did call this. I did call it in some pods ago. I think you did. I think you did. Although they, although they are bad, if you look at their home stretch, they've got one of the easiest schedules in the NBA. So this, this trajectory could, could easily continue. Um, Russ has been on a tear. He's breaking all sorts of records. Uh, 13 triple doubles in a month. He's six behind Oscar now on the all-time list. He's uh, really been killing it lately, pushing the tempo. They're playing Russ basketball is what a lot of the uh, analysts have been noticing too. Uh, Scott Brooks and him go way back. They've gone to small ball lineups and I think it's worked. The other big thing is, because Bradley Bill has been a constant factor. He's still killing it, duking out with Steph for the scoring record. The other factor is they're actually playing defense for once in their lives. Um, yeah, yeah, they've gone to like they're getting thing. they're getting stops, which is which is uh, quite important. For and them. it's just like occasional uh, ones. But that's all they need, like literally just to yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're winning by any means necessary. They're grinding out. They're going the distance. Um, and it's confidence thing, isn't it? Once you go on these runs, it feels good, you know. Um, so overall, I, I think it can continue. I think um, they'll go as far as uh, uh, Ross and Bill take them, and there's not that's not too bad. An, a duo of superstars to lead you into you know um, the playoff or play-in tournament so uh, perspective exactly, exactly they have two stars they actually have two stars that's what I'm saying if, surely they little upset in there the thing is they'll have to face yeah, any yeah, of the top yeah. three though they'll because, have to face one of the top three so probably not right I mean the way so the way the playing works is right now they'd face Indy who they'll beat who currently yeah you'd back them to take and beat and then from that, I think they then face the winner of the other player in to see who actually gets seven, four, eight, or something like that. And then you got to think about who would they be getting? It'd be Philly or Brooklyn. Philly, Philly, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, imagine Russ just revenge. The, the, revenge the, the, the Wizards, Russ. the Wizards Nets would be a beautiful narrative. You know, yeah, another yeah. one, another another KDV Russ. I mean, they'd get sparked. They would get sparked there. But, uh, <laughs> The Correct. Philly aspect would be Correct. interesting. Philly would be interesting. But uh, end of the day, I think, considering where they started, it'll be good to see them get into the tournament. Good to see how far they can push them. Uh, and yeah, it'd be good to see if they can take that momentum and actually challenge one of those top teams. Because like we're all saying, across the league, East or West, you're not really, even though there's superstars and there's good runs, you look at the standings, no one's like running away with it anywhere. Like, it yeah, kind of yeah. feels like this is the one season where a few upsets could. Yeah, I agree. Happen. I agree. I agree. I agree. K dot, you'll have that, wouldn't you? First round, Washington versus the Nets. Of course, of course. You'd the, take that. The storylines, the magic that could uh, transpire. Be born exactly. Born out of that, that series would be amazing. I do think that, um, as well as Washington have have done the last ten games, I'm rather disappointed the Chicago Bulls, obviously. Coming off the trade deadline, Trash. their acquisition of Vucevic, I, I, I said it was a good pickup from them. I think I think they won the trade deadline. The fact that they got the best player, cobbled him with Zach Levine and uh, Larry Markin, and I thought they were going to do, going to make some noise. 
and for them to not be said anything really. And Vucevic hasn't really performed to his lofty heights um, yet. It could be that they're having some sort of bedding in issues. But yeah, just I just thought that there would be they'll, they'll be up there. When I say up there, I mean you know jockeying for the sort of the sixth, seventh position. I, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally. With I th- you. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's more of a, of a situation where I think the Raptors and the, the Bulls have just failed to impress at all in the last sort of nine to ten games or whatever. Um, I mean, Washington just they've allowed Washington to gain momentum. The thing is, the Raptors, I think, just want to rest, man. Mentally, they want to rest. You know, what I mean, they they won their title for their city. <laughs> they got they got all those nobodies paid. Like they were, they're like they're in Tampa for the year. They don't want no parts of this season. Let's be real. Fred Van Fleet the other day was like, oh, they only did this season for money. I'm like, well, that's what <laughs> that's what. <laughs> That's what an industry is. Imagine being like, oh man, look at those oil companies, man. All they want's the money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God's sake. But yeah, no, I think, I think, yeah, you make a good point about the Bulls as well. I think it's one of those things where in modern day basketball, there's so much about the numbers, about the stats, and a lot of people's stats are so hyperinflated. People do forget almost that at one point you do have to still play basketball. And I think with the Bulls, at one point they're going to have to coach. They're going to have to actually figure things out. They just thought, okay, get Vucevic and Levine together and it will work. I'm like, listen, we can't all be Shaq and Kobe's, man. Some of us are Levine's and Vucevic's. We've got to actually have a coach. But yeah, right. Will Smith, thank you very much for taking us to, you know where, the wild, wild wizest. Right, okay. Utah Jazz in number one, Phoenix Suns in number two. Both have clinched their playoff spots. The LA Clippers, number three. Denver Nuggets in fourth. The LA Lakers holding on in that fifth seed. Mavs in sixth. The Portland Trail Blazers in seventh. And the Memphis Grizzlies in the eighth seed. Yeah, so, you know, much respect to those guys. Where's my applause? Yes. They deserve it. It's been a, it's been a tough run in the West. Lot, lots we could talk about in the West. Um, for example, the Trailblazers on a bit of a slide. I think Dame's looking a little bit tired. Memphis Grizzlies, I think they've done well. Golden State Warriors, probably a little bit overrated. Um, they can't seem to get it together. I'm a bit scared of the Clippers at the moment. So respect to you, Ollie. Much respect to the Clippers, even though I think you've lost three of your last five, but in general. Saw some of um, DeMarcus Cousins' numbers. I was like, hmm. I was like, oh, you got a double-double in a 11 minutes the other day or something. I was like, okay, that's nice. But I want to talk about a team that no one seems to talk about, really. And that is the Utah Jazz. They were the first winners of our back-to-back. First back-to-back winners of our Team of the Week. Way back in, like, weeks three and four. And since then, yeah, not really a peep. Despite that, they are top of the Western Conference, the wild, wild West. They've won 72% of their games. Even now, they're on a nice 6-4 and four run. Um, and they're looking decent. So why the hell does no one care about them? Honestly, someone tell me. So, okay, I want, I want someone to tell me why no one cares about them. And then I want someone to stick their neck out and tell me what's going to happen to them in the postseason. 
Ollie, I'm going to start with you. Tell me, like, why does no one actually care about them? Or am I being harsh? It's not. It's not that I don't care. I think it's, it's you sort of said the top. You would have thought the top of the Western Conference would bring a bit of um, respect. You know, yeah, a bit, of, a bit of, a bit of respect in where they will be when it comes to the playoffs and where it would all, where they would all finish. But no one had, no one has them. Even myself, as as one of them, as one of the main contenders. Um, the only sort of thing that I can sort of really think about is when it comes down to the playoffs. This is really where we see the superstars of the league really come into their sort of their own element. Yeah, agreed. And, agreed. You know, I'm no no disrespect to you know the Gobert's, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley's. No, you know these are are extremely good, great, even you know basketball players, but. They aren't on the same sort of caliber as your 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 ads, LeBrons, Kawhis, KDs, your Hardens. Um, they're you know they're a really one really well run uh, team of um, Quinn Snyder. They're the Western Bucks. They're the, they're the West they're Western Bucks without without the Arnis. <laughs> no, you know what? They're, like, they're the Western Raptors. Remember the Raptors like a couple of seasons back. Nice, solid 60-win team, so, but no one yeah, backed I them. I, I think Donovan Mitchell can be that guy, you know, one day. But at the moment, that's, I, I don't know. This They don't have that, even though they, you know, they had their, who was it, they had three, was it Mike, yeah, Mike Conley made it into the All-Star, didn't they? Yeah, well, kind of default. Yeah, so effectively, they had three All-Stars who weren't superstars, sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my two cents. I, I, I agree, they just... I think it is. Basketball is like that. It is, a, it is like a star. It's a star-driven league, and they don't they don't have that fairy dust. You know what I mean? They don't. They just don't have the fairy dust. And the reality is, you can't really find any expert that believes they're even getting out of the West, let alone making a run at the title, despite having the best record in the NBA. Um, K dot right. To illustrate my point, I'm going to name team a name a team. And you're going to tell me whether you think the Utah Jazz would beat them or are better than them, okay? Because it's an interesting one between reality and perception, okay? So, you ready? Go ahead. Okay, so we'll start off with a fully healthy Los Angeles Lakers. No. We'll then move on to a, a fully healthy LA Clippers. No. Exactly. We then have a fully healthy Denver Nuggets. That's a tough one, you know. Oh, I think Denver will scrape through, but no. Correct. Exactly. That. So the the perception the perception playoff table they're already down in fourth. Okay, fully healthy flying Portland Trailblazers. No, exactly. Yeah, down in fifth, fully healthy. Oh, some, someone is going to jump in there and, and um, defend. Uh, so I'd have to disagree with the. the oh, okay. The so, Oli, Oli, okay, Ollie's going to give them over the Trailblazers. Okay, fully healthy Dallas Mavericks. Nah, it's hard. Though. The it's thing hard. is, K. I'm with you. Like mentally, physically, they're a one seed, but mentally, the Utah Jazz are like a six seed. 
If someone's, yeah, if some, yeah. you know, if someone said to you, why are you being deep? Why are you laughing, Ollie? You know that's kind <laughs> what of true. No, but okay. No, but okay. What have you disagreed? So Karim has said, right, like fully healthy. Who would you genuinely back? You've seen everything. You, you know the records. Who would you actually back? No, Laker, I, no, I, not I, over I, the I Lakers. Did, I did agree. I did agree up, up until the, the trailblazers. Okay, Mavs? No, I still have the Utah over Mavs. You'd have the Utah even, over Mavs? Even, yeah. even Denver. I know you're doing this fully healthy, but we know Jamal Murray's out for this season, right? Yeah, okay. So, so it is going to be Jokic V in playoffs, right? So I don't even know if Denver are taking them. But let's put some. Okay. This whole segment is about putting yeah. respect on you. Okay, well, you tell me then. <laughs> you tell me who are they, who are they? What's the, what's their real what's their real standing? They're the best outside the LA teams. So you think they, okay? So you think you have them as free, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell me what's going to happen to them in the postseason, as it stands. As it stands, I don't trust AD's bones. Uh, <laughs> LeBron is LeBron. He can keep LeBron in, but we ain't seen him sprinting for a while, so. You know why? Why not chance themselves? Yeah, why not chance? I'm themselves? asking you. I'm asking you. I te- I'm, I'm asking, asking you now. Yeah. Okay. So I think so. They so could, there's no reason why they can't make Western Conference Final. There's no reason why they can't. I think it's going to be a very tough second round for them. But I mean, you you back them. Tell us tell us why you what you like about them. Let's put some more respect on their name. I think I agree with you, Tobes. I apologize. You're right. Put some more respect on the name. Put some respect All right. on the name. We know it's a league where stars run everything, but the antithesis is probably the Jazz and that they got team basketball. Yeah, people will say like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are their stars, but probably like just they're not superstars, they're just stars at the moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. One of my favourite players is on the Utah Jazz. Joe Ingles. <laughs> that is the he's, most he's, the, he's the definition of a Utah Jazz because you show that picture, most people will say, Who's this accountant? Why do you on my screen? You know what I mean? <laughs> no one will think he's the basketball player. But oh, he is fundamental for running on that offense. You know what I mean? He he his splits are crazy. Fifty one from the field, forty seven point eight from free, eighty five from free throw. All that on decent is attempts. Outrageous to be fair to him. Oh my Literally. goodness. Outrageous splits. He just needs to bum that free throw and he's hitting some crazy uh crazy fifty forty nine members. But um what it is is they're they're deep. They're a deep team, and they all know their roles. So so that's something where, yeah, you, you need someone to step up and make that big shot, and that's where Donovan's gonna have to come through. The team will only go far as your big shot maker can do it. But everything else in terms of defense, offense, working as a team collectively, they're doing it. And not to mention right now, Donovan Mitchell's missed the last few games, and they're still holding it down. Uh, as a team collectively in the West where everyone's just jostling and trying to actually chase that number one because we, we took the mick out of the East in the West. Everyone actually wants that seeding now. It's funny, we were talking about Dallas, yeah, and how they were bitching about the uh, playing tournament. It's funny how, what position are they in now after all their bitching? Exactly. The West ain't no joke. They're, they're, everyone's trying to jostle. But um, yeah, I think I think the Utah Jazz. What well, it is, they've got a very they're a deep deep roster squad, and they all know their roles. And that can get you. That can get you into the finals. I think you've seen teams do it. I'm, I'm not saying they can come out the West per se, but I think they can make the finals. I think they remind me very much of the Raptors. Um, you know those sixty win Raptors teams with Dwayne Casey. Yeah, very solid, very competent. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with Oli. I'm kind of with Oli, and I'm I'm with Oli and Kado, and I need a little bit of that 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 
that fairy dust in the in the in the NBA. But I but I actually I actually hope that they're um I actually hope that they're I hope that you're right, Tobes. Put it that way. I hope that you're right. That'd be nice. That would be nice that team basketball succeeds. K Dot, you got anything else to say? I know you like shouting out other teams. Yeah, no, I just I just wanted to sort of talk about the Pelicans really. I just I don't really understand what's going on over there. Actually that from a from a team perspective, they have amazing abundance of of talent on that team. It's just I don't know what why are they so defensively they're so lacklustre. Um I think the last what couple of seconds against the New York Knicks. Oh my goodness, one of the worst Eric sequences. So didn't foul and <laughs> so, they, so, by, so for the, up by three. Exactly. So the listeners, yeah, they were up by three. Yeah. Last play of the game. <laughs> God, so bad. So <laughs> the New York, literally last play of the game. Yeah. The Pelicans are up by three against the New York Knicks. This is very, very simple. Okay. So all he had to do, so the ball gets inbounded. What Derek Rose of the New York Knicks has the ball. The options are just foul him, send him to the free throw line. So he has to take two shots and then they get the ball back. Game's over. Or prevent a three-point shot. So Karim, explain what then happened. So the ball is inbounded by the New York Knicks. Remember, they are three points behind the New Orleans Pelicans. Derek Rose drives with the ball. Eric Bledsoe, all Eric Bledsoe had to do is just foul Derek Rose to send him to the line. Uh, the maximum he could have got was uh, was two points. <laughs> So um, Derek Rose drove to the basket, uh, and um, Lonzo Ball went went off his man to try and defend guard. the layup. Yeah, to prevent a layup, which <laughs> would have only scored him t- t- two points. Derek Rose kicked it out to the corner. I can't remember who the player was, and the <laughs> player drained a three, and we go to overtime. Reg- Reggie Bullock. Yeah. That's it, Reggie Bullock. He's a sharpshooter. Um, and Stan Van Gundy basically said that high school kids could have. <laughs> could have could have stopped that and he also called out um, and Eric Bledsoe also came out and said that he wasn't paying attention in the huddle I just wanted to know what your what you guys opinion of what what is going on in the Pelicans locker room is it something that we should expect from a younger team or whatever because um... I think they should be they should be they should be fighting with the Grizzlies, really. I don't I think there's any, there's not too many similarities between the Memphis Grizzlies team on paper and um, and the Pels. Um, I think I think they lack a little. They think they lack a little bit of depth um, and, and and some outside shooting. I don't I don't think they're the perfect team, but I think they're underachieving massively. K dot. Um, for me, I think it's coaching. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Brad Stevens over there. Um, I agree with you. I said with a, with a quote like that from um, SVG. From Bledsoe, I think that kind of says a lot on the the feeling in the in the back back backroom staff sort of thing with uh, with uh, Stan Van Gundy. So maybe I don't think he was the best choice for the Pelicans in the first place. Um, and the players that they brought in 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 the off season as well probably hasn't been as impactful as they thought they would be with Eric. You know, Eric Bledsoe was, has been all NBA. Defense. He's just been atrocious this season, um, and trying. Uh, you know, we we was a bit unsure with how he was going to work with Zion and Stephen Adams, and 
it hasn't really yeah, it hasn't really no, worked thanks. so um yeah um and obviously zion's well i know he's playing a lot better defense now but at the beginning of the season it was kind of non-existent and same with brandon ingram he was when he was at the lakers and even last season he was defensive he was, he was really really good but this season he's just com- completely fallen off a cliff which is quite weird com- considering as we've all said with van gandhi being a a great defense technical coach Someone give Steven Silas this damn job, man. Just give him something. <laughs> you know what I mean? My it goodness. Just, it, just, it just perplexed me that... Truly perplexing, mate. I'm with you, 1,000%. It's time like I got the job, and he's like an older coach with a younger team. Maybe they thought that he could be like a father figure to them or whatever. But also, they gave him a five-year deal, which... <laughs> Don't get it. Um, where's, um, where's Dwayne Casey? Where's Dwayne Casey? In there, is he he's still in Detroit? Just, he's, uh, just still with the Pistons, still rotting in Detroit. Oh, he was a decent coach. Love to see the him. Other, Brad the Stevens other, the other messed up thing with the with the Pelican situation is you don't want it to turn into AD two point oh. Yeah, like, exactly. I know. I know Zion's only in his second season, but you already feel like the sand, the sand dials, uh, yeah, the yeah. hourglass is is running because they're in win now mode. K dot compared them to Memphis. Memphis, I think one of the key differences as well is that's a that's an even younger team than the Pelicans, right? The Memphis. It just feels like they listen and they're they're really engaged and they play hard every possession, every game. Yeah, and yeah. they're led by Ja Morant, who who seems like a locker room leader kind of guy. You look at the Pelicans outfit, it's looking a bit the talent's there, but not the not the want, desire, no possession that like possessions they just switch off. There's no style of play, is there? There's no style. Uh, they need to. They need to. They need to. I think to be aggressive with this ticking clock because you know you never know. Zion might go, and if Zion, if the Pelicans lose AD and then Zion, that is like a huge loss for that Fold place, them, man. Fold them. And then I think the, the Stephen Adams thing, as we call it, is a failed experiment. You need a shooting big man next to Zion. Spread that floor. They're gonna have to just. I think this, they're not gonna make play in, which is sad. I don't think they're gonna make play in, uh, and they're gonna have to go aggressive this off season to make some moves. Um, change the coach. Basketball teams don't do that enough. I know that's a very sort of football mentality, change the coach, but I see that. It's either that or... But the thing is, what I would say, basketball, things can change. David Griffin's a good GM. You know, you might be able to flip something for um, Stephen Adams. He's going to have a lottery pick this year. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Yeah. Thank you very much, Kato. Is that a trick question? Now, gentlemen, I thought we'd do something a bit different this week, right? Um... Okay, let me preamble this by saying there's this film called Slide Indoors, which I have not watched. <laughs> With that having been said, <laughs> the premise of it is basically, I think it's some lady who is lives in New York and she's running for a train, yeah? And in one scenario, the doors slide in front of her and close and she misses her train, okay? And in another scenario, she just makes the train. And the doors slide closed behind her. And basically the, the premise of the sh- the film, I do believe, if any of you actually watched it, tell me if I'm wrong. But the premise of the film is, you know, her life completely changes if she makes it through those sliding doors or doesn't. Okay. So this got me thinking. I wanted to know what you guys biggest sliding doors moment was from this very very unusual NBA season 
So the question I'm asking you guys is, what is the biggest single thing that did or did not happen that changed the NBA, changed the league this season, in your view? Now, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to take you guys back to Wednesday the 18th of November, 2020. For those of you who can't quite remember what happened that day, it was the NBA draft. And if I am correct, Anthony Edwards was taken number one overall by the Minnesota Timberwolves. James Wiseman was taken number two overall by the Golden State Warriors. And LaMelo Ball was taken number three overall by the Charlotte Hornets. Now, fast forward to now. LaMelo's unfortunately out injured. Um, James Wiseman out injured. The The Minnesota Timberwolves, dreadful as per. And I think to myself, damn, Golden State, languishing, absolutely languishing as a 10th seed, 10th seed in the West, 50% record. And I just think, how different would the league have been if LaMelo went to Golden State? Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you see the way Steph is balling. You see the way Oubre and Wiggins aren't balling. You see the way LaMelo balled out. The swag he brought. The star power he brought to the league. And you think, with Clay injured, that backcourt, my goodness. I think, number one, that would have just been incredible for the league. The swaggy, the swag of Steph, the swag of LaMelo. Sort of the Splash Bros 2.0, getting ready for the the Splash Triplets next year. Killing the league. Bringing back 2016 vibes. I I, I think that was one of the biggest misses of this season. LaMelo and Steph backcourt would have freed up Draymond as well. Nice pick and roll partner there. Um... I think it would have just been incredible and I genuinely think it would have made a big difference in this league because I think Golden State would be comfortably in the playoff picture for a start and I think they'll be in prime position to pick off one of the top three teams in the West. There's no reason why a healthy, balling out Steph, LaMelo balling out with that experience, with the Golden State culture, couldn't knock off, yes, Oli, your Clippers, or Utah or Phoenix. And that change that changes the picture. And I think it's just a better, more enjoyable league all round. Better for Steph. The future's looking brighter. And I think even next year you're looking at Golden State thinking they're a juggernaut. They're a move away. You know what I mean? They got Ubre and Wiggins who they could probably flip for something. And they're a juggernaut with a splash triplets and, and Draymond. So that that was, I don't know, that's what came to my mind. And I think that Steph and LaMelo backcourt, Splash Brothers 2.0, 2016 vibes, summer controller summer. You remember that? Oh my God, life was good. Life was good. Don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on that.
like it. I like, I like the sentiment of it. It's wavy. Um, 2016 summer, man. Yeah, that was. It was a very, it was a very hot summer. It was a, it was a splash summer. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love the sentiment. The only problem is, is that I think um, my sliding door moment was actually if Clay didn't get injured at the beginning of the beginning Ooh, of the season. Okay, so, so, you're it, sticking so it does with lead State. itself into it. But I'll hold the thought. No, the go only, on, go um, on, I got you. Oh, okay. No, no. It was a fact that, yeah. So if Clay didn't get injured this off season, um, from all reports, he was actually making very good recovery from his leg break from the uh, from the year before. Um, I actually think that if he didn't get injured um, and with a fully healthy James Wiseman, um, and him picking up the best offensive player. Uh, on the other side of the, on the other team, I actually think that they would be third in the Western Conference, in my in my opinion. Mate, I'm one hundred. Uh, um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. The the the, the fact that he, he's just such a dynamic player doesn't need the ball. He lets lets Steph do what what Steph does. Um. And he's just lethal. He can. He literally can just come out and quietly put up thirty, and no one even knows about it. And he's just. He just not. He just. He's very much a consigliere in that team. <laughs> I, love that, I love that. He is <laughs> he very much is. No, but he's yeah, just Hagen. When you need him, he just. He's just there. I find it interesting. First, I like the Harlem Heat connection. Secondly, I find it interesting that both of us have gone to the Golden State thing. It firstly, it shows us that yearning for. That, that Splash Brothers generation, yeah, which was yeah, just 100%. unbelievable. But secondly, if you obviously take it in context that, you know, the Lakers haven't really been fully healthy, you've seen how well Utah have done, how well Phoenix have done, um, you know, obviously Dallas kind of underachieving. If you look at this Western Conference, the Splash Brothers 2.0, with, as you said, a fully healthy James Wiseman, who can, you know, at least put himself about and Draymond, they're live in this West. They are fully oh. live in this West. And I think it just adds so much to the NBA, you know, ask questions in a net, you know, and I think, I think, I think it would have been great. I'm totally with you one or the other. Um, obviously I've added Lamello cause I think Lamello has got that secret sauce. And I think I would enjoy looking forward to the idea of the, you know, the splash brothers becoming the splash triplets, but my vibe is with you, bro. Would you, but would you, so would you have in your scenario, um, Obviously, Clay being injured, what would you have done next year, if you know what I mean? So, would you kick kick out, or would you trade Ubre and and Wiggins for I don't know whatever future round, future draft picks or or a player, and kick up Clay to like a small forward, and then just had yeah, I'd put I'd put, I'd put Clay I'd put Clay at the three, um... and then just let them run. Yeah, I put Clay at the three. I'd have Draymond at the four. I'll try and get a decent five, and just have you know the 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 dead. What's it? The Hampton? What are they, are these? The Hampton Five or whatever. Hampton Five. Yeah, yeah. Two point two point oh. That's that's what I'd have done. Um, or you wouldn't let or you let Lamelo come off the bench as like a no no no. no. Get, let's get get Lamelo in there, mate. Get Lamelo in there. <laughs> oh, I want the splash triplets, man. I think they were wavy. I don't know. Listen, what the Dudley boys got? What do you What do you think? What do you reckon? I think there there is one obvious. There's an elephant in the room of what happened this season that had changed the league. I don't know if anyone's going to address this. Yeah, I think it's probably one of <laughs> life's 
mysteries as to <laughs> why why this trade wasn't accepted in the first place. But um, yes, if if Harden actually got traded instead of to the Nets to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, 100% with you, bro. Oh, that was. Because when you, because don't get me wrong, you know, Ben, you know, Ben, you would have had mean Ben Sims would have gone in the opposite direction and, you know, he's taken his, his defense to another level. But ever since the, the all-star break, he's kind of, it's not been as effective on the court and his numbers, are, numbers have dropped in most areas, you know, missing games. So, what, you know, with Harden in that starting lineup, that means you'd have um, probably Harden at the one. Uh, what Curry at the two, Danny Green at the three, Tobias Harris at the four, and Embiid at the five. <laughs> what a team! And you could know. play five out, and you could play defense, and and I, I would have that team. I, I would have that team above the above the Nets, um, especially with knowing of how well Harden has been playing this season as well. And he, you know, we, we was all I'm in an R and if you know would we would we tr- give up this for Harden? We would give it up, you know the the Jamal Murray's of the world sort of thing. <laughs> but in reality, you know, Harden is that top, top of the, top of the cream, you know, Welcome to the club, mate. Welcome to the club. Yeah. I was, I was, I was one of the, I was one of the Jamal Murray, um, keep hold of him. But yeah, Harden's just been on a different level and he, he won't be, but he, you know, the way he has been playing would be in contention for, for, for MVP at some point this season. So yeah. How would that have gone? I think that changed. And why I, did that trade get to? I don't know. I, it should be why wasn't it accepted in the first place? But mate, mate that, the thing is, that's why I think you know, as much as obviously I was back myself, I, I think that is the biggest one because it just could have happened like really easily and probably should have happened, but just didn't. And the pride cometh before the fall. That is one hundred percent correct. When you look at the Rockets now as well, it's just pathetic, isn't it? Truly, Atrocious. truly pathetic. So bad. And, uh, Okay, Tobes, what you got? Uh, so for me, it's actually, and again, it's staying in the West. Uh, well, going back to the West, sorry. Um, and it's to do with your team, actually, the Lakers. Oh, yeah. Uh, what could have been if Anthony Davis showed a clean set of, clean bill of health? Um, totally agree, yeah. This was up there for me as well. You've already, you've already... The move has already paid dividends. You've got your you got your ring. Yeah. No one can fault Genie, no one can fault LeBron, AD they've done their thing in a bubble world. The thing oh. is the thing is we are expecting a passing of the torch uh in, in LA lands, you know? LeBron as cyborg as he is, the plan on paper was for A D to assume control of this team. Yeah, this man is not a healthy star. I look at the games played; he's never cracked eighty-two. Never, not yet, not early in his career, no. Most even in his rookie season, uh, not rookie, even his early days at Pelicans, seventy-five is his, is his best. Twice out. Yeah. Uh, it's not just that he's injured. The other thing is his numbers across the board have dipped as well. Yeah, yeah. He he, he started this season. Started poorly. off slow. Everyone was like, ah, oh, it's you know, Sadie. It's all right. He's got credit in the bank, all that stuff. But he's not kicked on at any point either this season, too. And again, like I referenced credit in the back. I've got no reservations of the talent. The league fears him. When he's on his song, he can 
take it with the best of them. But I, I was actually hoping with the ring that it's always a great pressure relief for a, a superstar, especially for a young superstar. Yeah, I imagine yeah, already yeah. of your like age mates and your draft class, you've, you've got the ring. So already you're like immortalized in history. So yeah, now yeah. you can go and dominate in that sense where you're not content, obviously, but you can dominate knowing I want to stamp my imprint on the thing rather than someone like Giannis exactly you've falling, got, in, you've got falling that into that yeah. other way where I'm like oh, I've got to get the ring and I'm stressing that way so I really wanted AD to have a similar kind of year to what Embiid is like where he's health because they're both they've always both been questioned about health never have played the whole season but Embiid seems to at least done a few more runs and when he has played has been dominant yeah. I kind of want to see AD do that and I think if he never had the blip he would have played his way into a, a, a slight period of dominance and it would have put Genie Bass, the Lakers organization, organization and us as fans. It'd be beautiful to watch AD like dominating in the purple and gold over a nice, nice season. So my kind of what if is if he never got injured and if you could like just gar- if I could just guarantee that you could play the whole season. No, the thing is, I, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I'm going to take it a step further and, and answer your question. I think if he was f- healthy the whole season, like, you know, fully healthy, start to finish, no tender night is beginning the season. I think the Lakers are, you know, they're probably in the top two seeds. I think he's in the MVP conversation. I think they're in a, a lot better position going into the postseason. If you look at the Lakers now, they're going to be on the road against Denver in the first round with the Joker you know, coming fully loaded. Um, And then even then, the lack of rhythm with the Lakers is really worrying me. Really, really genuinely worrying me. And I think it's all down to that injury, you know, and working backwards. So I'm completely with you. That could change the whole outcome of the NBA because people are saying the Lakers are the only team that can even consider taking on the Nets. If the Lakers get bounced in the first round due to, you know, lack of rhythm and, you know, a bad run, Again, you know, that changed everything. That changes everything. So I think that's up there. Um, totally with you, T-squared. Um, a few other random ones I had. <laughs> what if Russ went to the Knicks? <laughs> I love him. I love him, but I don't think we see Julius Randle in all his glory. No, nah, I don't think Russ and Randle, no? They're fourth season No, no, I, in the I East, think they could be a deadly combo, but I don't. I don't think we see... 24 10 and 6 or whatever Julius is averaging and just in, he's loving being the alpha in in the Knicks you know you know you know Russ is uh taking that alpha I tell you what though he'd be averaging even loftier numbers because Tom Dibodeau loves <laughs> love God loves loves aggressive guards and loves dogs that want to play like all 40 minutes all 40 <laughs> 42 minutes so the kid with the the guy would be putting up some monster stupid numbers but it'd be interesting to see i'll give you that yeah. kato i know you're with me on this one if Giannis didn't sign his damn extension yeah i just i just think it would have been so it would give us a great talking point about where he was going to potentially go i think he committed too early and he didn't have to and you know that, that maybe just goes to show what a, what a lovely person he is yeah yeah but the fact is is that he should have kept the bucks honest yeah, he should have. It just just made sure that they were constantly, because now they don't really have any incentive to make sure that their team no, is going to be bro. 
at the top of the eastern at top of the east they might just be like oh actually we don't want to pay the luxury tax bill anymore let's you know if it's not working in the next two or three years then what incentive have they got to to, to make that or keep that team competitive um, but um just from a just from a sort of balanced standpoint and um just spreading out the sort of competition in the nba i do like it but yeah i'd have loved to have seen um uh Giannis be a bit more selfish Bogdan, the bogdanovich trade was a big one as well i thought the flop the flopped bogdanovich trade was huge because that would have really helped them the bucks so yeah lots of things lots of things this season um i liked all the heat you brought agree with all your points but it just shows the margins are so fine the nba is such a unique league in that regard um because you know obviously it's got the the trade system everything plus it's a game in which one star can make such a difference so it's so unique in that regard that one little thing can make such a big difference going forward which brings you on to my next bit Again, don't please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. Oh, right, okay. Let me take my hat off for this one. Now look, before, before I get, you know, murked by everyone out there, I just want to say, I am not in any way endorsing the European Super League, okay? But I wanted to discuss it in our Best League in the World section, um, which Mourinho's very gratefully introduced for us this is the section where we you know we we compare the nba to different leagues in the world um just see what we think see what we can learn from other leagues and what other leagues can learn from the nba and as usual we end up talking about the premier league now we know what happened with the european super league the esl and how that got chopped down i don't want to get into all the details of it but a few things I noticed, right? There was a few things I noticed that people were saying. Firstly, they were saying, oh, the league's going to be, you know, football's becoming Americanized." okay? That was one thing I, I, was, I was hearing. I was hearing, you know, they're taking away the, the beauty of the game with, you know, the closed shop nature of it. And, you know, getting rid of releg- not having relegations is a disgrace, okay? So I just wanted to bring this to you guys, to be honest, I want to just bring it bring it to the to the open forum because I know you guys you follow the NBA you understand American sports and I just want to bring it to you guys see what you think. First thing I want to discuss is the closed nature of the league, so to speak. Okay, now this is a this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. I don't want to get myself in trouble, but I'm just asking the question. You see the NBA how it is at the moment, right? There's 30-odd teams and, you know, it does just fine. It, it just just to say, okay, there's 30-odd teams. There's a very high, is a bottleneck of, of talent. They're all funneled and concentrated into one area, into one league. You have, we have, you know, a mixture of a certain number of teams and quality. And it seems to work just fine. Obviously, football's different in that there's there's hundreds of teams. So England, even in English football, there's hundreds of teams of different sizes, different financial power, different quality. Okay. In my opinion, one is not necessarily better than the other. They're just different. But I want to bring it to you guys. This is my first question of two questions in this segment. What do you genuinely think is better for the fan? For the sport, 
you know, however you want to twist it. Having loads and loads of teams, you know, and there's, you know, obviously there's that local connection, there's, you know, there's volume, et cetera, et cetera. Or having less teams or a higher concentration of talent in a certain place in order to get the inverted commas highest quality product. What's 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 genuinely better, honestly? Emotion aside, what do you reckon? Are you just asking in terms of sport? Are we are you looking at it from a football perspective? Okay, well, for example, for, okay, for example, would basketball be better if they changed it and they said, "Listen, we're opening it up. There's going to be a hundred teams. We'll do it like this, and then you know you have like you know the New York Rutgers Park team in fucking League Three." Just there, just getting just getting battered in the FA Cup, getting blown out or whatever. Like, you know, would would that be? Is that better for the fan? Is that better for the league? Having loads and loads of local teams in there because if you ask an American, they'd be like, hmm? <laughs> like yeah, like, and, it, it, that, and that's that's why I ask, right? It's um, to do with the sport and it's to do with the history. Like that actually plays into my answer. Like, so okay, I'll let, for, I'll let you. Okay, for on. for football, like. I do think the spread rather than the concentration of quality is 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 what's is what's valued more and that's not to say any man and his dog uh Rayleigh Boys FC can come step up to the plate and and enter the premiership there's always standards and quality you know what I mean so that leads credence into this whole you have a pool and making that pool being in the premier league is an honor right being in being one of the 20 teams vying for uh different positions within that stress uh, setup and structure is a good thing now that's not to say there's disadvantages either to the concentration of quality but that concentration of quality is seen in those one-time events london derby chelsea arsenal your book you bookmark that right that's a quality game. That's a game you expect quality. That doesn't mean you have to be seeing that quality week in, week out, every day. Same with the NBA. You always tune up. You always, NBA, NBA on ESPN always highlights and promotes the real big games. You know, it's Lakers v. the Warriors, blah, blah, blah. It gets that much more value that it carries that much more weight. I think if you lean too much to the one side by process of repetition, how much like if we just see every every week box v nets do you do you still would you still value it in the same way or does it just come to a uh, yeah nice um this is this was another thing about the ESL which i found interesting like what what exactly was the is the aversion to seeing more high inverted commas high quality football more often it's a, it's an interesting because you know obviously you said oh you don't you don't Someone said, oh, you know, would you want to see Real Madrid Liverpool every year? I'd be like, I was like, yeah, 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 why, why, why wouldn't I? Um, I think you guys know, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not getting into this because, you know, I am not a fan of the European Super League, but I'm just interested in some of the concepts. Um, K-Dot, I, I want someone to take the emotion out of it and just say, which do you think's better? What do you think is better for the sport and better for the fans? I think that the um, I think we need to focus on the quality, uh, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm sorry to say, 
Um, I don't want anyone writing outside my door or anything like that. <laughs> please, everyone, please go home, social distance and do all that good stuff. <laughs> I guess when you separate the emotion from it, fundamentally, um, you want to see the best games more often. And that's and that's true. And I guess those owners thought that um, if we provide a product that everyone wants to watch week in and week out, um and it puts money in our pockets, then we're then pe- everyone's winning. I guess obviously the way they went about it wasn't great and all that good stuff. But fundamentally, I don't. No one's watching. No one watches the, the preliminary stages of the Europa League or the Champions League for that matter. And no one's tuning in to Manchester United versus Ludogorets or anything like that. So the fact that they've had they had their closed shop and they were like, right, we're going to guarantee that we're going to see um, Chelsea versus Real Madrid on a on a uh, uh, at least every two two times a season, why wouldn't I want to watch that? See, see, that, that, that was that was genuinely my my thoughts in the sense that listen, local football or X Y and Z football can continue, and there's nothing that will ever stop it. But I didn't see necessarily. I okay, let's put it this way. I understood the angle they were going for, having obviously. Um, being a consumer of American sort of team sports, which worked just fine, having like, you know, main teams that everyone kind of follows and this, that and the other. Yeah, um, and obviously they have like a rec a rec ball type league with and they have they have they have other they have alternatives to um to the NBA, you know, where you know they got they they um yeah, they have rec leagues and stuff G- of stuff of that nature. So they, they survive very well without having sort of a list pyramid scheme. And if we're gonna be fair if we're going to be fair, that realistically, there are, you know, how many teams have come up or have been relegated, or so how many people have, have have been promoted to the Premier League and gone straight back down the, the year after? There's literally just been a, a, a revolving door of, you know, four or five teams who are just coming up to to come up to come up in sake. <laughs> And go back down for. Do you know what I mean? It's not, I, I know what you mean. That I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm going to come back to it. I'll, I'll ask you about it first, Ollie. Okay, listen. I want to listen to this care, this question carefully because I'm interested in your answer. Yeah, and the reason I'm interested in it is because Ollie is one of the few people that genuinely supports his local team. He goes to the games of his local team. He supports his local team. He wears the shirt of his local team, which is extremely rare these days. It's it's a bit of a strange question, so. Just just follow me. Okay. What do you think would benefit... Okay, which sport do you think would benefit more from the following? Okay, so do you think football would benefit more from having a 30-team league or top two leagues, okay, with all the money in it and all the promotion and, you know, the main players going in there? and then having a separate footballing pyramid for smaller teams, yeah? Or do you think basketball would benefit more from saying, you know, let's open this up, let's go pyramid scheme, pyramid, not pyramid scheme, pyramid style, um, and have, you know, 100 teams, 150 teams throughout the country, and have leagues and X, Y, and Z. Which sport do you think would benefit most from going one way, or the other? Does that question make sense? Uh, me, pers- I'd probably have to say football oh. um, would, would benefit more. 
not because obviously the main Shocked concern with the, the main concern with the suit with the with this European Super League is that it was a you know it was, it was closed off the taking away from um, from the fans basically from not a not being able to go to a lot of the games and be you know it was, it, football was made for the people um, but if you're sort of doing it as a pyramid where there's sort of there is you're kind of keeping it the same with with the league. So you know, obviously you've got the top tier pyramid, you've got the middle tier pyramid, and a, and a lower tier, yeah, lower basically, tier yeah. pyramid. So it's not effectively changing it massively, you know, massively too different. Even though you're probably removing the relegation and promotions, which to me is, I think, is a massive aspect in 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 football. Which I would. You know, if it's at the end of the season and it's, you know, it's you go, there's a couple of teams in the mixture that are that are fighting for survival. That's, that's I, I would much rather watch that because for what what's what the, the stake is involved. Because um, at the moment, there's not, you know, in in in, in I'm, the I'm NBA, gonna I'm gonna get onto relegation promotion separately. I'm gonna okay. get onto it shortly. But yeah, go but on. with but with I think with if you look on the other side of it, it's not. It's I don't know the it doesn't seem to have that much more of a feeling if 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 you're winning or or not even or not winning because you know okay we can just try again next season which kind of removes a lot of the you know a lot of the what I feel is is football is is, is on the emotional side of things. So wait, so you think so you so what you're saying is you think football you think if you had to choose between one of one of those if you had to choose one of those things to change. You would change so football had a more concentrated, yeah, sort of, yeah. Because at the end of the day, is people want to watch the you know people watch the the, the better teams, the the quality, you know the the super the superstars in 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 them in them teams, which is what what I would is what is what drew, drew us to the NBA, you know the the, the big time players and the big time teams. So I think I don't think it would work as well in the NBA if you had sort of like a, a relegation system just mainly because how you know the, the structure of you know you've got the college and the draft and everything and then in football it would literally you just be transferring the this you know you'll get be getting the better players the best players from the smaller teams you know into the better teams which you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a massive change for football I, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel yeah I think that's probably true actually I think it'd be less of a change for them because yeah the the, the talent does you know seep up to the top but it would just be in a more direct manner because those yeah. bottom leagues would just that's the only thing I'd say the bottom leagues would really struggle so you've got to decide how much you really care about those lower leagues maybe league one down and you know it's a difficult difficult conversations difficult conversations but i do want to i do want to switch on to something slightly that you guys have both brought up um relegation and promotion now is relegation and promotion overrated um i've got my own views on this i'm not going to say them yet but what i'll say is this i got sent a meme the other day and it basically said in 2016, um, the Nets, the Knicks, the Bucks, and the 76ers were at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Now all four of them at the top. Now we all agree that could never happen in football. Um, for you know, for various reasons. So I think therein lies some of the the benefits of of the lack of relegation. Um, versus the pros, which are which are there, as you know. 
Um, Ollie and K dot had views on this, um, but I'll start. I'll start with Tobes. I'll bring him back in, and then Ollie and K dot can can go off. So Tobes, what, what do you reckon? You think? Do you think relegation promotion is a little bit overrated? Um, or or what? What, what your thoughts? What your thoughts? Beauty is in the eye of the holder, isn't it? Yeah, so it really is, really is. We all support fairly consistent performing teams who are at one side and end of the table. Bar Oli. Um, <laughs> bar Oli and eh, bar you, I tear on saying. Uh, <laughs> low blow to all you uh, Arsenal fans that's, out there. That's um, but I tell you what, there is, there is, there is some magic in it, you know, um, Especially in the in the if if the league can be a bit dry, right? You look at this year where uh, you know the Premiership title race isn't it's been locked up for a long time. Are you paying attention to the bottom half of the table? Not so much, but these the jostling in in positions is quite interesting. Um, overrated, underrated? I don't, I don't think it's either. To be honest, I think it's just rated. If that's a if you want to call it in the middle, <laughs> um, because. Uh, if I go back to my uh, uni days, I actually went to uni in Leicester, and I was oh, yeah. there. F- I went to a lot of the games uh, uh, prior to them coming to the Prem, and it was honestly uh, a fascinating journey to go on and watching them from the yeah. beginning of the season to the crescendo of getting promoted. And I think that was my first flavour to, uh, let's say, lower league football. It's not really that lower league, it's championship. But to feel what it means to a, to a city to make it to the Prem, to make it to that creme de la creme was, was, really, was really special. And if you want to talk about success stories, I mean, not only did they get promoted, they went on to go win the whole damn thing. And now yes. they're a well-established club like they are the probably model example of. Hold on, hold on. I'll stop there. They, what you they, could did, they did I'm get multi-million saying, pound donors. Probab- <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, I'll not, say I'm that. Not saying, I'm not saying probability-wise it's going to happen to everyone, but the fact that it can happen means that it can happen again. Uh, and you've got teams like Leeds and that who who have come up and they're doing their thing too. So underrated, overrated? Nah, not really. I think it's just rated. I think it's there. It's good. I I, I don't mind the seat. I don't mind it because it gives it gives something for those teams to do. Uh, if they are going to exist, let them compete for anything. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, what are you doing here? You know. So okay, All that's right. my that's my two cents. Okay, I'll let I'll let the other two go. Then I'll then I'll hop on. K dot, go on. Yeah, no, I was saying before that there's this sort of revolving door of teams that are, uh, are too good for the championship but not good enough for the Premier League. And I think that, you know, maybe the fans love, you know, uh, laughing and cheering when they go up and then the, the sort of melancholy mood they feel when their team goes down. To me, I don't know, those range of emotions over the course of a year, if that if that's what pleases fans, then so be it. But the fact is, is that, yeah, <laughs> there really is just a, just, just a, you know, a chunk of four or five teams that have just, they just go up and down, up and down, just getting parachute payments after parachute payments. And they haven't really been that competitive um, in relation to the fact that um, have they jumped from being relegation candidates, you know, for two years and then j- jumped up to be a, a consistently, like I said, Crystal Palace, for instance, they've they've made a transition from being 
um, relegation candidates to being like a solid mid-table team or whatever. But I just think that, yeah, I, I do think it, it is quite overrated in my opinion. Um, if I'm going to remove, if I'm going to remove the emotions out of it, of course, listen, that's why we all fall in love with football. The fact that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that kind of yeah, you're, not, you're one of the most emotional football fans I know. Yeah, no, hundred percent. If I had to remove it and strip it down to its core, and we all had to sit there and you had to, uh, you know, put some truth serum in my arm, <laughs> there is there are tears in football, and the fact is that no one's cracking, you know, no one's going to crack that top six anytime soon. Uh, the fact is, is that you know, there's there's this um, this cesspool at the bo- bottom oh, of the Premier League oh that I just, yeah, that I just, oh they're literally always swallowing the plug hole, and that's no disrespect. <laughs> He's talking about Southampton United as well, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not me, and you know, and and again, there's been like teams like as you mentioned, like Southend United, who since I've been. I don't know. I think that they've been talking about having a new stadium since I was at college, which was about 15 or 15 years ago. So in my opinion, I I mean, because they have hope and have a dream of getting to the Premier League, fundamentally, they still have a, I don't know, they they still have a 2000 seat stadium where, you know, (laughs) near the town centre. And it hasn't, and and it hasn't seen any modification or anything like that from the, from a so-called chairman so all right, enough, enough, enough. <laughs> yeah man like, Lee, Lee suffered okay Ollie Ollie God God tell us, tell us I'm as, sorry uh, our own is not a, a, a Russian <laughs> oil guard <laughs> or a, you know or Listen, a free as, ruler of some country okay Ollie as a, as as a supporter of a team who is about to get relegated from the football league altogether well, we get we're pretty much we yeah, get to win all our remaining games. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on promotion and relegation? Um, do you think it's a little bit overrated? Do you think it's something the NBA needs? Mm, I don't think it's something that the NBA needs, but I don't think you could never take it away from football. You know the to that feeling of being able to one day compete in the most prestigious league in the world. Um, you know, it's it's something that a lot of teams fight for. And when you don't have that. You know, then then what are you what are you really doing? And there's there's no you know, as I said, the main thing in football for me was was the emotional side of things. So, you know, if 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 my team's not saying we, you know, I've never really supported a, a, I've never had a football team that actually won anything. So, it's that's that's all I've got is is hope at the moment. So, but yeah, I don't, as I said, if you you're always sort of competing each year, and you know, it just to me personally, it gets it could get a bit. You know, that's one of the reasons why you, I think a lot of people can fall out of love. I love the game if, you, if you're not if you're not one one way or the other. I said to me, when it gets to the relegation battles, that's they're the ones they're the ones that I'm watching just because there's so much heart and soul into the into the games. And you know, there's one you know at the end of the game, one team's in tears and one team's in you know in jubilation, which you don't really get a great deal unless you're in a Champions League final or something. So yeah, that's that's. Me personally, I think it's. I don't think it's overrated at all. Right. Okay. I want to make a ruling on this. Um, the reason I want to make a ruling on this is because I am the only person in the group who has been relegated. <laughs> if we forgot that, it was one of the worst days of my life. Um, okay. I'm gonna say promotion and relegation 
is not overrated. Okay, I'm going to say it's not overrated. I think it adds a dynamic to the game that helps it, that provides more entertainment. And I think any any anything that can add more interest and entertainment to the game, so be it. I'll have it. I'll have it any day of the week. What I would say is two things, however. I believe in controlled relegation. Now, relegation for me should be consequentially as a result of your performance. What it shouldn't be is a death sentence for your club from a financial aspect. I think that's unfair because the drop off as you go down the leagues financially in football is ludicrous. And we've seen teams that go down, that just keep going down, keep going down, then get into financial trouble, start taking big risks. And then before you know it, they're in administration. Have you seen League One? League One's got like Hull, got Portsmouth in there. I think Bolton are down there. Sunderland are down there. These are big, 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 big teams. Um, I think the NBA could learn from the Premier League and the Premier League can learn from the NBA. NBA, you need to have relegations. You need to have some sort of relegations because you got so much trash in the in the in the league and um you know you've also got so many great teams you've got enough great teams to have a great playoffs um, um yeah you got nba you've got so many great teams in there you've got enough great teams to have a great like you know premier division um and a and a decent second division and you know there needs to be some sort of reward mechanism and punishment mechanism for being poor with that having been said, with the safety net of not of knowing that you know your club might not be in administration in five years, it allows teams security, which I think as fans of teams, you be, you all agree that's really important. Your team having security is in whether it will literally be there in a few years and to what extent. It allows you know the right people to come in and have a vision and build that vision over time. Like Tobes, you know, you were saying about Leicester and their journey from you know from what they were to what they are now ollie's talking about hope and this that and the other let's be honest Kado, i'm with you on this one in the sense that the hope in football is a bit disingenuous let's be honest the hope in football what you're really hoping for is that some billionaire gets bored and buys your club you're like there's, there's no way I've, I've had these chats with you there's no way football's literally not even designed to allow you to build a team that good like if you won every single game every single competition won all the prize money um sold out all your tickets you know great shirt sales or something other you will never have the money that man city have so there's a decoupling there between success and your actual resources so the hope in football is is actually fake let's be honest um whereas in the nba it's real or you you need you need someone competent at the wheel but there's no reason over, you know, in a four, five, six year cycle, you can't be a relevant team for a good spell of that and constantly reing up, reing up. So I think football, if football, again, and it might come down to having a smaller, smaller little group at the top, but of similar resources, um, if it can protect teams that get re- get re- relegated from getting destroyed and allow teams methods to actually build, you can we can still have the entertainment factor of relegation without it actually destroying teams. I hope that makes sense. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to chime in about 
uh, a particular team in the NBA who I genuinely think would deserve to be in League Two at the moment, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep, My goodness, 100% exactly who I was thinking about. My goodness, they have been irrelevant since I was since KG. Yeah, but that's KG the thing. They've retired, had stars, like, though. They've had stars. They've had KG. They've had K Love. They've had um. They got Cat. Oh, man, hundred percent with you. It's just oh, like, what are you do. Like literally, they they just they just <laughs> just a, just a, just a name on a piece of paper. <laughs> they're literally, they they're, yeah, they're literally. I'm I'm with you. So I I think there needs to be some sort of relegation. I think there could be as well. But um, no, but yeah, no, I no, think... they, 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 they literally they, they got bought out by um, a Rod and a consortium, and I'm hoping that a Rod from his time at the New York Yankees. Um, he makes that team competitive um, going forward. But yeah, that team has just been, it's just been so dire. I'm, I'm Literally, the... like who, who watches any of their games? They just, honestly, they might as well just be a, a, a college team. <laughs> they're dire. They're dire. And, and I've, they're, they're the Minnesota Pups, not the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're, but yeah, they're, they're, they're... If I, if I, if I play advocate, and bring it back to the the idea of the ray of hope. Let me put it this way. Are you more excited in the next five years about Minnesota Timberwolves? Or are you more excited by, let's say, someone like the Kings or Houston Rockets? Because they're crap, they're crap now. But they've still got Cat. They've still got Russell. And they've found a reasonably good player in Anthony Edwards. Whereas, if you look at that, around them you've got the kings who for me are somewhat more painful because we kind of already knew Timberwolves were going to be crap this year like I, I, <laughs> I, no i never talked myself into them making the playoffs or making any noise the kings i was like you know what the aaron fox has done well they've drafted this halliburton kid who's meant to be great instant fix solid steady team around them they're 12th 12th oh, in the west pathetic, mate been absolutely pathetic it's it's more the, the, the the dregs of of the league at the bottom but at least the way the the sport is built you can buy you can always now now you can start convincing yourself timberwolves can do something next five years kings i'm like where do they go so it's like i don't know so tobes you're saying you're saying live on the hoop call trust the process i'm saying i'm Minnesota. more optimistic about the timberwolves than i am the sacramento kings right now for the uh, next five years free the cat that's all i'm going to say in response free the cat get him over to golden <laughs> state now um and you know let's the get the, let's get, get him the, to the get him to the pelicans and then and let's <laughs> no nah, let's, let's get let's get the timberwolves over to seattle let's get cat over to golden state warriors and let's just pretend minnesota weren't a thing that's what i'm gonna say that's a matthew bomb for you enjoy Gentlemen, we got the awards section. Please, may we have some awards this week? Um, I want someone on team of the week. I'll do team. I'll do team. Ollie's got team of the week. Ollie, what? what I don't even. What music do you want? Um, let's go for countdown. 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 Everyone loves a bit of countdown. So, Ollie is bringing us the hoop called team of the week. Let's go. You ready? Yes. Well, I think when we started doing the podcast and when we was doing the the team team of the week, player of the week, I, I think we probably w- would have laughed um, or you know 
had a bad take to say that this team would never have been in, you know, the team of the week. Um, I think they're currently the last ten games at nine and one. Oh my goodness! Uh, led by a, a Julius Randle. The New York Knicks. I, rem- I remember earlier in the in the pod when I was literally like, "We are not talking about this year." I remember specifically saying that. I, s- I said they were going to fall out the playoff picture. They're fourth. It's <laughs> ludicrous. Um, but so much respect to them. So much respect to Julius Randle as well. Um, it. It was, you know what? It was either them or, or the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> This is what we mean, people. This is what we mean, people, about having actual hope in your franchises. You know what I mean? In basketball, things can change week to week. (laughs) You can go from crap to the playoffs in like three weeks because there's 15 games. Um, Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Anyone disagree with this? Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. Add the Knicks. I think honourable mention to the Suns, man. Like... Yep. We put up a post today. They've clinched the playoffs uh, first time in years. They've been on a tear themselves. They're actually just the game behind the Utah Jazz for first seed. So yeah, they can genuinely... What, that's they what can I've been looking at. Who's got the tiebreaker? Oh, good question. Yeah, yeah. Get, get someone look into that because I've been, I've been thinking, I'm thinking, hmm, bro, they, they're, they're looking decent. I'd love to see them. Chris Paul has... To, if they win, if they win the West... Chris Paul has to be MVP. I don't care what anyone says. They've gone from not not making the playoffs in 10 years or whatever to winning. (laughs) If LeBron did this, we'd be like, oh, you know, LeBron. (sighs) So much respect. We'll have to to put a pin in it, but my goodness. Who's got player of the week? I'll do it if you want. Yes, good man. K-Dot. What? what, um, 21 seconds. Okay, there we are. Play of the week from KDOT. It's the hoop call. Let's go. Well, well, we've been very um, critical of this team here on the pod. I think um, it's now time that we shine some light on their on their players. We've, we've been um, we've been very high on this player for the last I don't know five five to ten years or whatever. <laughs> um, he's done really done amazing things uh, this week. Shooting thirty-one points, five rebounds, fifty-five point fifty-five um, percent from three-point land. Seems four or no. The one and only Bradley Beal. Oh, Bradley Beal! How have I forgotten about this guy? He's yeah, been balling. Um, um, balling. I didn't like control. I genuinely didn't even realise because I've been focusing on Russ. Triple double. Yeah, Russ. no, no. He's been. He's been. It's weird, isn't it? Is that he just? He, he's just excellence personified that no one. Everyone's like, we're just bored of it. Let's, yeah, let's just go and uh, let's, let's let's praise the volatile Russell Westbrook. Listen, listen. I don't. I just. Want, I don't want to be. I don't want to be deep twenty on. But let's just remind everyone that they are still well below five hundred. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're not. People are making it out like they they've become a juggernaut. <laughs> they're like, I don't even know how many games under five hundred. I think they're like six. They're ten games under. No, they're not. That okay? Okay, they're six games under five hundred. You know what I mean? So, not to not to not to pour water on it. Bradley Beal, I'm so interested to see what happens to him next year. Instincts stay staying at the Wizards this summer or going? No, nah, I think he's staying. You think he's staying? Yeah, I think I do. I genuinely think he's staying. Toes? 
It just instincts. Stays. Stays. Ollie? Stays. It's a tough one for me, but I think if the if the Nets win it all, I think he could be on the move because he's one of those, you know, you think you're looking at players that might move the needle for a team. Um people are gonna start saying we need to gang up. Um so be interesting. Honourable mention to Luka Doncic, who was flirt, who's been flirting with a triple double, a twenty-five point triple double uh, over the last week. Man, man, what a player! What a player! Holy man, the league, the white guys in the league are really balling out of control right now. Yeah, man. Like, for real, for real. Like, Bringing back that old school basketball. You know what I mean? Literally, the white boy summer. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, I'm t- I don't bro. think that'll ever, I don't think that'll catch on. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, between the Joker and, you know, smoking Joe Ingles and um, Luca, you got, um, yeah. who's, the, who's the guy in, um, for the, Joe Harris? Oh, Man's got we ballers, man. Get a reel off the white guys. Yeah, but I'd like to see the uh, the. You could do it. We should do an all white, um, all NBA. All white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that team that's nice, So you'd have Luka. Yeah, not bad. You got Vooch at center. Yeah, you got uh, Vooch. You played a Jokic. Sorry, yeah, Jokic Vooch front court. Yeah, you got Luca in the back. You're already. <laughs> that's tough. And then you got Joe and um, Joe Harris defense wise. <laughs> Athleticism. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we can shoot the hell out of the ball, though. But, the fundamentals are a lot. The fundamentals are a lot. Honestly, man. Honestly, I, I, I love that. I love that's the thing. It's, uh, there's always let's think about sport. There's always certain little angles you can you can get. At. No, oh. We can we can rely on the fact that their their shot mechanics is going to be wet <laughs> like water. <laughs> Teach you all the fundamentals. <laughs> fully, fully. Um, any big games on this weekend? Uh, yeah, there is a big, uh, big and on Sky Sports on Sunday. We um, well, the one that's watchable on Sunday, uh, which is the Nets against the Bucks. Oh, that should be a proper game if the Nets game. bother. Oh, I'm buzzing yes. for that. I am buzzing for that. Right, good. Gentlemen, loved it. Great to be back. It was a certified classic. Gonna miss you guys. We'll see you next week. Hold sight.